those who were involved in making it come to life. Join us as we go. Behind the door. Hi there. Thanks for coming into another episode of Behind the Door. My name is Brian Black. I am the one of the creators of The Grey Rooms, along with Jason Wilson. We'll be having a wonderful conversation with Jennifer Roselle. So thank you, everybody. Jennifer, hello. Hello. And hello, Michael. How are you? Awesome. Thanks for having me again. Oh, I know. I haven't talked to you since last year. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> yeah, true. Last decade. Yeah, the last decade. Look at that. Just going back in time. Michael Rigg was um, in the last behind the door, but we did make that joke that we were going to pull this on him since he's in the the next episode. So, Michael, how do you? It has to be an interesting experience, right? I mean, you're a voice actor for one, then the writer for the next. Has it been a a really good experience for you? Yeah, it's been amazing. It's um, it's fantastic. I don't know what I liked better. Um, I, I enjoyed listening to both stories immensely, but, uh, yeah, this, this has been great. All right, Michael. Thank you. And Jennifer, um, you've been having a very exciting holiday season. Um, <laughs> I think you're probably looking forward to a, a new year, right? I am. I am. I am so happy to be here talking on the phone and not dealing with contractors. So, uh, for, for those of you listening at home, um, I had a flood in my house and, um, and it's uh, from a, a water heater that burst on our third floor. So lesson one, don't have a water heater on your third floor and don't have a big one on your third floor. And uh, I find it interesting that there was a flood in my home when it's a story about the Titanic and lots of water. So <laughs> Done. let's just think on that. Man, I just, you know, at least this wasn't a shark story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And at least my house didn't hit an iceberg. So, you know, that's you all Yes, <laughs> and that is true. I mean, um, you know, when you live, especially when you live in the Northeast, you can potentially have some snow and ice. So it's so true. It's so true. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you, this is a great story, guys. Jennifer, you did a wonderful job. Oh, thank you. It's a wonderful story. Michael, you, you wrote a great one full of suspense. And, thank you. Uh, I just never, you know, reading it, I just never knew where it was going next. And I, and, and I love the, um, the different realities and the way reality shifts and you never know what's real and what's not. And mm-hmm. I thought that was wonderful. Thank you. It's true. I thought this was a true story. I hope yeah. I mean, there's so much reality in it as well. It's, it's so, um, it's like plucked from the headlines of the, of the Titanic, mm-hmm. you know, but it's really, uh, really suspenseful and, yeah, this I is where really Michael is going to tell us that this is the story of like his grandparents or something, you know, <laughs> like uh, this horrible story. Not quite. The 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 uh, the background of the story is actually a little more gray roomsy. Oh, to be honest, yeah. And when I started writing it, I'm, I was thinking about behind the door, <laughs> like a long time ago when I started writing it. I'm like. Oh, if this story gets chosen and it's done, there's going to be a behind the door and I'm going to be on it and I'm going to have to tell the story. Oh, now I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm scared now. <laughs> I've got chills. Tell us. Uh, you're scared. So am I. <laughs> um, 
Well, uh, first of all, the regarding the theme of the horribly failed romance turned into a murder. Uh, I every Titanic story has been a romance, uh, going back to the Barbara Stanwyck and then of course James Cameron. It's like turning this horrific tragedy from 1912 into, you know, stuff of romantic fantasy. Um, and there's also, you know, the terror of the event itself, but I, I wanted to take it a step in completely the opposite direction and actually throw in a, uh, an attempted murder or a murder, uh, gone wrong, uh, that, could very well have happened because you wouldn't know because the ship sank and over a thousand people died, victim and killer included. Um, as for the Titanic and how well the story, how well, as you said, I... <laughs> it's okay, it's, Michael. I, I on, do it too. Your own horn. I, we love it. It's it's not really horn tooting. If there if I am accidentally disconnected, we'll know why. <clears throat> um, when I was about eight years old, uh, it was summertime. I was going to go outside and play with my friends. We were going to play baseball. There's a sandlot nearby. It was the '70s, and you know, things were you know it was good to be outside until the streetlights came on and you had to come back in. Uh, and it was a time of my life when that was that was what I did. Um, and ran in the house to grab my mitt as I'm running back out. My dad, who was working shift work, was sleepily watching a black and white movie in his recliner. And I saw a ship and it was the Titanic. And it, it wasn't sinking or anything. It was just sailing at that time. But I stopped dead in my tracks and I asked my dad, what is that? And he said, it's the Titanic. And it was Titanic with Barbara Stanwyck and I forget who else was in it. It was a 1930s uh, movie about the sinking and a romance. Um, and I was fixated. And from that moment on, I would have recurring dreams. Um, and the dreams were always, always had associated with them the strong smell of wet paint. And as time went on, I got older, I started to obsess about the Titanic. And then I started reading into how the ship was new and how a lot of the passengers complained about the smell of wet paint. Ah. And it was, it was, it was freaky to me. And it's like, as I would like see photographs and whatnot, I would actually be able to tell what color the, the black and white photos were, if it would show a room or a, a lounge or something. It's like, I, I felt like I knew what it would look like in color. That's so eerie. Um, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was definitely eerie. But it's when I set out to write the story, I could not get the Titanic. It's like the story had to had to be. I had to utilize it in some way, and I and uh, yeah, everything just seemed to fit so well together. I actually, it took no time at all to write once it started going, and. I don't, you know, I don't necessarily subscribe to, um, you know, being, uh, you know, uh, reincarnated or anything like that. I, I can't explain why I had those feelings, why I had those dreams, even as a kid. Um, but if, if you believe that, then maybe I'm evidence. <laughs> maybe wow, something reached out really, to you. Really, really yeah. cool. Yeah. 
could be that too. Maybe, you know, spirits drift through the world and that one like whizzed through me as I was. Right. Know. See, yeah. now when I listen to that song, my heart will go on. I always think of Michael J. Rigg. Oh, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> Your heart is forever a part of the Titanic. That is, that is definitely a, I mean, honestly, I like to read that story too. Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, I'd oh. like to read that story too. Okay, we have we you have a you have a new writing assignment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Come on, Rig. We, we want to see this autobiography, <laughs> Stephen King style <laughs> horror story. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe I yeah. will. I mean, I've got got a lot of you know a lot comes to mind when I sit and think about it for a while. So I was saying before we started recording, I listened to the the story. Uh, three or four times over and every time I come to tears at the end because the audio is so it, it's weird because I automatically want to say it's reminiscent or it's like it makes me remember when I was there and I was not there I, I don't know how I feel that way or why but yeah there's the freaky truth of it but yeah Jason if if there is a very old spirit in me who was there kudos because you pretty much nailed it thanks man appreciate it i gotta tell you it's uh kind of weird sometimes uh when i'm doing these stories it's uh it's kind of similar like the sounds pop into my head and uh that's kind of how i you know hear things so i'm glad you enjoyed it man that's that's the most important part so mike when you were creating the story and you were working on the main character how did you originally visualize her um that kind of you know compelled her to act the way she did in the story um well a lot of that comes from the era you know a lot of, there's a few times in the story where it refers to how you know women cannot be in business you know women can't inherit women can't have money women can't be in charge women can't have jobs um and this wasn't necessarily one of those stories where it turns out that the female lead is actually strong and like takes charge. When, when you listen to it, she actually says at one point she had to consult her husband about the inheritance because she didn't know what it mm -hmm. meant. Or what, you know. So it was, he was still in charge. And even up to the end, she was desperately hanging on to having him there, even when she learns of his betrayal. And when he said that, you know, he had taken the liberty of, of calling the lawyer or contacting the lawyer to try to get, you know, the, the will changed. Um, uh, she didn't, she, she responded more about the current situation that they were in uh, with only a slight bit of raised curiosity there. And it was that that triggered him, but she wasn't like aggressive about it or confrontational about it at all. It seemed like it would be the natural thing for a man to do because men were the ones who led business back then. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm yeah, it back. is interesting. She does say about my inheritance, mm -hmm. you know, she did. Exactly. It's, uh, but but quickly, she does, uh, she does uh, acquiesce to his will. It's true. Mm -hmm. One of my things was how she was like, this is how my story became grim or something like that. And I was mm -hmm. like, man, all right. <laughs> you know, if I got murdered by my husband, it'd be a little more than grim. But I can also see how, you know, she 
was in love with the idea of what he represented in the beginning. So I could mm-hmm. kind of, you know, see why she still, I guess, loves that who she married. She doesn't love what happened because of everything else. Yeah. And she even, she even takes the fact that he, you know, hangs out with the guys and drinks and smells like cigars. That's like a natural thing for men to be who are. That's what men did. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wondrous aromas. (laughs) (laughs) Gross. Yep. (laughs) You know, actually, guess what? I, I know Jennifer said she hasn't listened to it yet, which, um, I, actually, oh I haven't heard it. I look forward <laughs> to when you do listen to it because you're supporting your 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 supporting actor, uh, Alistair Mackey. Mm. Uh, the way that you two worked together uh, in that story, it was very fluid and um, very natural. It sounded real, and so wow. Well, I give all the credit to my partner. Yeah, you got today. Very um, who I have not met. Yeah, he's oh, well, that's uh, over wonderful. in Scotland. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, he's over in Scotland. He's a he's a wonderful guy. And he also plays the character Todd in our main story. So he's he's done a lot for us. Uh, yeah, he's, he is he is awesome. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I, I I'll second that too. I mean, uh, um Jennifer and Alice are together. The uh, one part in particular when he comes drunkenly into the room, the, the cabin, to bring her up on deck. And, and when, when he's like <laughs> trying to get her to come out and then there's that pause, where the way he says, please, is like so dark. And yet also at the same time, you could see it from her perspective of, you know, my husband is attempting to be apologetic and he's he's being suave and how could I resist? But that darkness was there it was just awesome the way both of you did that oh that's exciting so so jen you know we've been you know talking about how uh, what michael riggs you know previous life has brought (laughs) to the story (laughs) but um kind of talking about uh, you for for once did you ever do like a horror podcast before or do you know read any kind of horror stories no i'm a horror virgin so this was very exciting um it's not really um i tended to be uh, more on the light side of uh, of things so it was really quite fun for me to to go into a, a darker realm with this story um and i've i've just found it i found it very scary and evocative and and so I'm, i was thrilled to be a part Nice. Uh-oh. We'll we'll need to put her in something where she gets to murder a bunch of people. Right. Yeah. You know? okay, I was gonna say we're building a scream queen here, guys. Uh-oh. <laughs> um. So yeah, you did a great. You know, you did a fantastic job. But I guess the one thing is, you know, being that what happened to your character. You know, have you ever been on boats? Like, do you like cruises? Do you like? I have been on one cruise, um, and uh, many years ago, uh, I used to be on a soap opera, and uh, many years ago, uh, I got to go on this cruise with a, um, a, some people had won uh, on, a, on a TV station, had won a contest where they got to go on a cruise with some, some actors on soaps, and so I got to be one of those actors on that 
that they got to go on the cruise with. And so it was pretty fun. I took my best friend with me and we went to Mexico and it was, uh, it was, it was really fun. So that was my cruise. Uh, it was a carnival cruise line as I remember, and I really enjoyed it, but I do like sailing. I have, uh, some friends with sailboats and I I love going out, uh, sailing. You think you'll ever think of this story now? I will. Well, I don't think I want to go on a cruise ship ever again. So definitely not. Definitely not. Oh, that Graham. See, he ruined her hopes and dreams. No, yeah, that's really cool that you were uh, you were in soap. So that's pretty neat, man. That's uh, that's awesome. Well, you know, and it's a kind of a dying art, really. Um, it's uh, all the soaps are gone from New York City. There are soaps left, but they're in uh, Los Angeles, and uh, it's uh, they're they're. Fewer of them now than there used to be. There's there's so much choice in television that that they can't command the audience that they used to. They sure. still command audience, but it's it's quite different these days. But I I digress. I digress. Um, Michael, cool, I, I'm also just thrilled with the um, the suspense that you created with this with this story and the um, and the different levels of of reality and. Um, I'm I'm curious how you how you sustained all of that um sort of the mystery like what have you had experiences like that yourself where where people morphed into different people? Mm, uh no uh but as I was you know plotting out I mean the the base of the story is um an evil person uh dies and they have a chance to redeem themselves by saving the person that they intended to kill. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I was writing it, I'm thinking, you know, how would this manifest? Is it a trick? I wanted it to play where you can either see it as a trick of her mind because of all the terror going on around her, or maybe her husband really is there in some sort of ghost form that only she can see. But since he had tried to kill her before uh, in life, now in death, he may, you know, as far as she knows, uh, he is attempting to continue to lure her to the other side. Exactly. So yeah. it was very, it was very cool. And, and, uh, I just love the different levels of reality because you never know if it true, like you said, if it's, if it's her mind playing a trick on her, if it's an apparition or if, if it's really him and, um, I just thought you did that very, very well. In the writing. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. And I, I purposely, um, you know, I, of course, I knew going into it, it was going to take place on the Titanic. But um, I went to great lengths to keep major description out. The name of the ship was never mentioned. Um, in fact, I chose, I mean, the Titanic had a couple of stops before it crossed the Atlantic. And rather than leaving out of Southampton or or mentioning Liverpool or anything like that, I took the, the stop that it made in France. And... Um, you know, and also the the uh, the inheritance, the money that was amassed came from the neon light business, and neon was around back in 1912. A lot of people don't know that, so but I use that because I think it's something people associate more with, like the 50s. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so I wanted to keep people guessing until the word iceberg was mentioned. And then it was like, oh, crap. <laughs> you did that really well because there are hints, but you don't know for sure until right. until that moment. Yeah. Yeah. One yeah, thing really I cool. had a question about was, you know, she never did tell anybody about what happened. She never said her husband tried to kill her. She never said right. she killed her husband. Um, she just kind of went to bed 
kind of weepy and that was it like she just kind of pretended this whole event never happened but was either dealing with um like you know she was having um you know ptsd Mm -hmm. um or she was seeing a ghost so how come she never said anything like she could have had more allies or somebody you know some more help in that situation right well i think that plays again to the time period and the expectations and the presumptions that people would have made and on top of that the fact that she was basically in shock from it and Mm -hmm. the the one line about you know the ship is stopped and at this time they think it's just a problem with the propeller the ship is parking on my husband's grave uh (laughs) it's like this she's just overwhelmed with the shock and she's only Mm -hmm. thinking about who's going to take care of her now i mean yeah she's the one who's getting the inheritance but she can't do anything without her husband and he tried to kill her and it's all of these things are piling on her at the same time and it just so happens that history takes over and just adds to that Mm -hmm. so she didn't really get a lot of chance or opportunity. I think I actually did in the original, uh, the original draft, I actually had her, um, talking out the possibility of of getting an officer to help her. But the more I did it, the more it seemed like it wasn't right for the time and the character. Mm -hmm. It's so perfect because if her husband had tried to kill her, it would have been the perfect crime because, Mm The Titanic sank and no one would have known, of course, mm-hmm, you right. know, he would die too, you know, but it's, it's really, um, such a, such an interesting idea for a, a big crime or a murder to have happened and no one would ever know. Yeah. I really liked that at the end there that, yeah, it didn't come right out and say something happened, but it was definitely implied. So I, I really kind of left your imagination to run wild a little bit there, which I, I really liked that. Yeah, me too. Like that. Next time you you watch James Cameron's Titanic movie, you just know the there's a little backstory that isn't seen. Uh, uh, pfft, uh, pfft. Michael Riggs. Yeah, Don't get me started. <laughs> I liked it. I mean, for me, it was exciting seeing the ship realized in all of its digital splendor. But um, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but it was just way too bright. I mean, we're talking, <laughs> it was the middle of the Atlantic, the middle of the night, and there were there was no moon. Uh, it was dark, and you know the movie just smells of movie lights. <laughs> yeah, but the guy who <laughs> fell and bounced off the propeller blade. Yes. That was, that was awesome. You have to give that. Yeah. I mean, this is form alone was an eight and a half. Oh, like, definitely. Yeah. His landing may have needed some work, but the fall, the spin, and then he went into what I refer to as an oh shit. Mm-hmm. And just flipping head over end, binga banga boom. And then he just nailed it. it was yeah, good. and a nice little dong in there in the sound. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I got I got to give uh, Cameron credit for one thing. Uh, as far as the facts of the disaster, um, he hit every major point. The the only thing that there were um, two of the Titanic senior officers, uh, fifth officer Lowe and first officer Murdoch. He kind of blended those two together. Yeah, I'm sounding like a Titanic nerd, which I am, but. Uh, I think it's an amazing thing. I I think I have it on VR. You can go down and check it on the virtual reality. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Every April 14th, I actually watched that um, production. I forget the guy's names are the ones who are uh, recreating the sinking in 
3D or virtual reality. Oh wow! Uh, and it's wow. they have they every April fourteenth they actually re-release it on YouTube and it plays in actual time from eleven forty p.m. to two twenty a.m. You might be interested in this as well. My neighbor, um, his father helped discover the um, is it is an underwater explorer a la Jacques Cousteau and helped discover the Titanic. Ooh, underwater! That so. is cool. Yeah, yeah, and got to go down and see it. Yeah, mm. so. Oh. Now that scares me right there because it makes me think of movies like forty-seven meters down and stuff. I'll, you know what? I'll just take a bath. That's about all I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that one. I have no interest in going down there, but I admire the people brave enough to do so. Yeah. Right? Yeah, for sure. I can't even swim. So. <laughs> what? I, I can't swim. I, I'd be one of those guys that went dong and hit that propeller blade. <laughs> well, yeah, apparently neither could I in a past life. Oh, they <laughs> Brian, some arm floaties for Christmas. <laughs> well, my sister thought it'd be funny to, I don't know if she thought it'd be funny to try to drown me, but that was essentially what she was doing. She kept dunking my head underwater. Um, and yeah, when I was a little kid, it just freaked me out. So mm-hmm. I can walk in water. I'm, I'm like, you know, six, two. So I don't generally, you know, I can go in swimming pools and stuff, but like if I'm in the ocean, I don't go too far out because I cannot swim. And, if I would get picked up and start, you know, getting drawn into the ocean, yeah, I'd be dead. <laughs> so okay, that's terrible. <laughs> so who wants to write that story? Who hates me? That <laughs> I was just thinking that I was like, man, that's a story. But with the curses, we probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I already had two strokes. Oh, I don't yeah. need a. I don't need the freaking. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, geez, Jennifer, there. Her, uh-huh. her delivery, I, I got to tell you, I think that that needs to be said. Anybody who actually has had the opportunity to listen to it could really appreciate just your delivery was just perfect. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, oh, a, you're so kind. I'm the child of, uh, of an adopted English immigrant. And my grandmother, who lives, lived over here before she passed away, was from England. And uh, I used, when we ever went over to her house, she would force hot tea with honey down me and oh. there and tell me about, um, you know, my, my family back in England and everything. And then when we lived there for a few years, uh, you really hit, you really hit that very authentic sounding, uh, English accent. It was very proper too. Cause you know, there's different kinds of accents for the different regions in that, that part of the country. And I really appreciated the uh, quality that I got to work with on that. So it was a real pleasure of mine to uh, get to listen to what you did. It was a real treat. I really appreciated your professionalism and uh, your talent. So thank oh, you. That is really, really kind. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. You want to be my self-esteem coach? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really yeah, I was. Thank I was going to, as, as I was going around bragging about it, um, I, was, I, was telling, I was telling everybody, I was telling everybody how thrilled I was because they actually got this awesome English actress yeah. to play <laughs> this part. I, honestly, it was, it was, yeah, it was oh, perfect. You're very kind. Thank you. I, I do, I do. I am drawn to uh, things of England and to British people and to those sounds. And don't get me started on Downton Abbey because, you know. <laughs> um, well, that, it, and that is also uh, one of the events that starts the entire plot and romance of Downton Abbey is um, the Titanic. Ooh. 
because the air uh, was lost in the Titanic. <laughs> What's that? So you just spoiled it. Oh, what? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, no, I'm just no, kidding. No, no, no. I was just that's, saying. That's, but that's what starts the plot of Down Abbey. You've watched Down Abbey. Come on, you have. No, I haven't. Come on, Brian. Yes, you have. My <laughs> mom has. I haven't. <laughs> well, it starts the plot. That's the whole. That's the whole thing. Is that the heir to Downton Abbey uh, dies in the Titanic, and there is no heir because the heirs are women, and they cannot inherit. Yeah, so, um, what's that? Oh, wow. I, I just said. That's what I'm talking about. And then, uh, and the actual, the heir, the first male heir they find um, is a cousin, and uh, he doesn't really want it. So mm -hmm. um, that's what starts it all out. But, and I, I'm, uh, I went uh, to graduate school at Harvard. Okay, now it sounds like I'm tooting my own horn. It was, it was, um, it was acting. It wasn't for my brains. Um, and, uh, but in, I remember walking into the, into the library there, the widened. Was it Henry Elkins Widener Library? And uh, it's a very grand marble thing. If, if you've been there, you may have seen it. It's, um, but on the wall is a big, uh, it's, it's, a, it's carved into the marble on the wall. It says this, you know, was something, I can't remember the quote, but this was, this library is given uh, for, to the memory of our son, Henry Elkins Widener, who perished in the foundering of the steamship Titanic. Wow. So, oh, gosh. Yeah. That's... yeah. Wow. Um, it was almost like a, it's it's almost like all signs are pointing you to have to do this story. <laughs> I think yeah. so. One day, my my first water heater. Yes, yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking 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 of freezing, as I was listening to to what I wrote um, for the second or third time, I came up with a drinking game. Anytime, <laughs> any anytime there's a reference to how cold it is, take a drink. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> or you can have every every time you hear Graham row it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> he's like he's like in that like a hundred times. You know, well, what? you know, and I was disappointed when we were reading it because um when I was um preparing, I had assumed that I'd be reading the other characters too, you know, like an audiobook. Oh. And and uh, I was like, oh, you mean I don't get to do I had a really good voice for the little couple. <laughs> I was like, I was all disappointed. Uh, I was like, I wanted to do that guy. I had a really good voice for my husband. I really, you know, so I was disappointed that it wasn't all me. So Well, you still oh, got you to be the old lady. I did. I got nice. to be the old lady. He threw me a bone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, speaking of which, it's, it's kind of funny. Uh, Brian was like, oh, yeah, Graham's all over that. And I said, yeah, I got a little part in there, too. It wasn't until I listened back to it that I realized, oh, yeah, that's right. I recorded a little part in here. <laughs> <laughs> I, still I, I handed you I handed you your uh, your your life vest when you came to the surface. Oh, thanks. Oh, see, oh, thanks. I listened to that two times. And I was like, I still don't hear him. Like, I, you did a good job. I couldn't even tell. I thought it was Graham. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's new. You were so good. I thought you were Graham. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Graham will love that. Yeah. Um, so I, the question I asked that you couldn't hear because I guess my internet dropped, uh, Jen was, you know, you we were kind of talking about how you know you. Uh, love you know English characters. You love mm -hmm. you know that whole language. So when you actually have that part, how do you go about deciding the right 
you know, language, like the right voice to sort of adopt for those characters? You know, I guess it's, it's, I'm a pretty um, intuitive actor, you know, and, and um, so I guess just, you know, taking cues from the text about, you know, her upbringing and where she lived and kind of the, her milieu. And then, um, frankly, for this one, to get into the mood, I watched Sense and Sensibility, which is one of my favorite mm. movies. So, um, I want, you know, the Emma Thompson, uh, adaptation mm. and with Kate Winslet again, harkening back <laughs> to the Titanic. Um, I did not watch the Titanic, but I, I, uh, I, yeah. So I, I, I just, I went, I went back to a, an old favorite touchstone and, and, uh, used those ladies as my models for this. Nice. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, and we couldn't even tell. We thought you were those people. <laughs> yeah. That's what was amazing. It, yeah. That's great. Thank you. Um, so what do you think if you had survived this, what do you think your character would do in America? Wow. That's such a great question. Um, so if I had survived, okay, if my husband, I think if my husband had tried to kill me and I'd been through the horrible ordeal of, uh, of living through the art, the Titanic and surviving and then probably having survivor's guilt and all these things. But if I think that would forge one in steel, really, I think, um, so I think she would come out of this, um, thinking, um, she can't trust men. And so I think that she would grow, she would just, I think she would grow really strong and steely, frankly, having been through that. And I think that, uh, America being the new land, I think she would settle and stay in America and create a new life for herself with her inheritance and insist on on uh, holding the reins herself because it's the new land. So I think she would become kind of a Shavian heroine and uh, strike out and um, and really be her own mistress and uh, and um, and be the mistress of her own fortune and her own, her own life at that point. I, I don't see her falling in love again. I see her, um, having had her one love and that's it. And perhaps creating a, a life where she, um, gives to charity or, um, or becomes a really successful businesswoman with her inheritance. Yeah. I, I yeah, I'm with you a hundred percent there. Had, had the character survived, she would have altered history. I feel. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I think she would have really um, grabbed. I mean, because I think once you live through a traumatic event like that, um, mm-hmm. it really um, gives you strength to um, accomplish things. Yeah, and I think too, like when you have you know, Alistair doing the things he did as a husband, I probably would uh, push him off too, and. <laughs> <laughs> and be the uh, <laughs> queen of the American society after that, you know, <laughs> Just take it over. It's just interesting. One one of the things that's really cool about the story as well and the delivery combined with that is that you do get kind of a history lesson. You do get the opportunity to, you know, put the lens, uh, put the, the goggles on and jump in the Wayback Machine and uh, get a little <laughs> glimpse of just how just weird society was just mm-hmm. It's so it was amazing to me actually. I, I yeah, I, I wasn't I know that things have changed over the years, obviously, but I didn't realize that not so long ago, you know, women didn't do that kind of stuff. And it, it kinda it kinda took they couldn't me even vote. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like it's just like wow. 
<laughs> wow, geez, yeah. what a yeah. right, right. And while while in in first class, while in first class, and it's been depicted in various you know Titanic movies and whatnot, uh, women there were treated with respect through who they were married to. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you always hear, that's the other thing about the story, that you always hear about the first class and the third class, the people who didn't make it up in time for the boats and the, the you know, the, the from all around the world and, and you know, Irish and all of them and the crew from down below who didn't, who weren't allowed up onto the boat deck until almost all the boats were gone. You never hear about second class. And a lot of my uh, the dreams, I guess, that I'd had involved small cramped rooms. And I had always thought it would have had to have been um, third class. But as I did more research on the ship, found out that the accommodations for second class was, wasn't all that much better than third class. I mean, first class was a, was a huge step up. But yeah, small room, little basin, bunk beds. There you go. Hmm, that's still so eerie about your dreams. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the next horror story we ever read, we're going to start questioning why you wrote it even more. <gasps> oh, I've, I've got one in mind. You'll be hearing from me again. <laughs> and you'll be asking me about that one too. <laughs> you, write, you write good stuff, brother. Thank so. you very much, sir. Thank you. But I mean, that is the thing, you know, I I think a lot of writers, we write ultimately what we know, you know, and so Mm -hmm. in this situation, you know, a lot because you have been in that thing where now you're like, man, I feel like I've lived, I was alive during that time. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you are writing what you know, and that's the freakiest part about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, That is really scary. (laughs) Man. So, Jason, we haven't really uh, asked you too many questions yet. That's all right. I don't do much around here. (laughs) We got to we got to put you to work, buddy. When you're creating sort of like a historical fiction um, episode like this, um, how do you get in that mindset of of what you want to create? I know the story obviously helps, but to kind of get into that um, mindset of what sound effects you might use from a different time. Is there anything you kind of need to to do to sort of do that research or kind of get that, uh, find the sounds you want? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, again, the story, uh, in the story, it kind of gave you a little bullet points in there of what to look for. You know, I mean, the second I realized it's a Titanic, I was like, Oh, 1912. All right. So I just jumped on YouTube and I just did some quick reading and I watched a couple of videos and some things and just got a general idea of the environment. Like, you know, cars were around, but still most people used horse and carriage. And, mm-hmm. you know, most of the roads are cobblestone and, you know, the ladies wore dresses, the guys wore suits. Everybody had some hat. For some reason, everybody had a hat on. <laughs> and then, you know, it's just and, and, and then so being again, that's the Titanic. Then I just went and I watched a couple of Titanic um like fan-made films or just like uh, parts about the Titanic and just documentaries about how a ship would sound when you're inside of it and all that other stuff. And I have seen uh, James Cameron's Titanic. So the part when uh, the ship starts breaking apart, all the ambient mm-hmm. sound effects that are in that scene are yeah. from my recollection of the movie itself. So pretty much all it is is just the the story is written out in such a way that it is literally 
kind of drawing the scenes for me as I do them. Nice. Yeah, and yeah, I gotta say, I gotta say, you did uh, such an amazing mind job on the iceberg impact, which uh, there are so many documented. Um, uh, reflections on that from passengers from different parts of the ship. I mean, some it was like a thunderous boom, knocked them out of bed. Other people just barely felt the vibration, some just a distant hum. But considering where they were on the deck at that point, and when it reaches that point where she says that she felt that everything was becoming manifest, and then there's that low rumble vibration, and then you could hear the metal scraping along the side. Jason, that was par excellence. That was beautiful perfect and it just it gives me shivers just remembering it ah appreciate that man yeah i was i know that i knew that when i was doing the iceberg part to make it sound real you need to remember that the ship was metal mm-hmm. icebergs aren't just gonna hit the ship and then the icebergs not gonna fall apart the other way around and yeah it's that uh, again a james cameron movie and you know just kind of my idea of what i think it should sound like so thanks i'm glad that you enjoyed it Oh, yeah. Did you like the little squishes and tears mildly in there for when he was getting slowly food processed? <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I was, thinking, <laughs> I was thinking about that, too. And I know with the description of how he was being bent sort of and being pried off the ship by the iceberg. Um, I'm like, OK, this is going to be where Jason really lets the horror out of the bag. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it went with the with the groaning and the screams and the just, yeah. <laughs> it was it was horrifically beautiful good i'm glad i'm glad you like it man jennifer just so you know uh, uh i've been told a few times that i'd like to make things a little too squishy and uh, <laughs> so i apologize i can't wait to hear it now <laughs> well they're very subtle you'll have to listen because i mean with the impact of the iceberg in the side of the ship I figured that sounds probably a bit much to uh, almost drown out, you know, the the, the the fleshy sounds of, you know, somebody being basically torn to pieces by an iceberg and a ship. But you can still hear them. I have them in the background. There's a couple breaking bones and stuff. It's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed that part. No, no, it's very uh, disturbing. <laughs> no, I think he's, he's screaming, too, during it, isn't he? He's like... Uh, no, nah, I wouldn't say it's screaming more. So it's kind of like, because <laughs> he's yeah, getting drawn and quartered. Up. Yeah. yeah. No, let's see. Note to self: Gray rooms, Hindenburg. Okay, let's see what you do with that. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but that would be a short one. Like yeah, I, I, think I would have to really draw out the, the <laughs> rumble fire sound and. Uh, I guess I could probably get some my high, get a high def recorder and just get some foley of me cooking a steak or something. <laughs> gotta, gotta go out with a bang. Man. I just have to say too, though, that, you know, listening to it, it not only does it kind of bring you back um, into a time because we, d- we actually have um, had, those uh, historical fictions before of the gray rooms, we did the great war mm-hmm. um, season one. I think that one of the things that I've wanted to do for season three, I was asking people to write more, um, you know, do different kinds of genres and stuff and mix horror with it so that 
you know, not everything sound like we just basically interviewed somebody talking about, you know, the murder mysteries every weekend, you know? So I wanted to kind of get that. So I'm really glad that you did do that um, sort of like alternate history um, side of that. That was fantastic. And it's something I hope to see, you know, more. I hope we can get some of those. I hope we can get more um, like maybe, you know, dark fantasy horror and just different kind of genres. I like to really incorporate more of those as we move on. So thank you for, for doing that. Cause it, I mean, I do feel, I felt risky doing world war one. Mm-hmm. Um, did you feel like it might be a risk to, to write a story about the Titanic in that, in a horror sense? Well, I had a couple of stories in mind when I knew I wanted to submit to the Grey Rooms, the Titanic one. I could not say no to, though, but I was, uh, (laughs) as I was thinking of the story and plotting it out, uh, I'm like, this is a really horrific situation. And I think the horror of the attempted murder of the wife and the ghost reaching out to try to save her, but she thinks is trying to kill her, um, was very Grey Roomsian, if I could make up a word. Um, and I, th- I thought you guys would, would like it. I was, I was, yeah, thrilled. I, I, I appreciate that. That's pretty nice. I like, I'm a great rooms in. <laughs> <laughs> and I gotta, but, I gotta, gotta say while we're, while we're on that, um, my wife had never heard the show. Uh, she had just started getting into podcasts, mostly like true crime stuff and whatever. And I played her the, this episode and she is now a great rooms fan. She has gone through awesome. and started listening from Aww. season one. Yeah. Nice. We appreciate that. And we really enjoy making this. And it's not necessarily from the, or at least for me, I enjoy the audio aspect, but I more so enjoy um, getting to work with the talent that is coming in. That's the rewarding thing to me, the exceptional voice actors and actresses, and then the uh, authors with their just imaginations pouring out on paper. That's the real fun stuff, just watching it all kind of gel together. And uh, this is what we get from it. It's real neat. It's fantastic. Yeah. Everything is different. And so it just keeps it fresh. You know, we need to. Which, by the way, uh, Jennifer, since I know you haven't listened yet, the <laughs> Cliff's Notes versions of what the Gray Rooms is about is, uh, I'm pretty sure Graham may have said something, but it's kind of like, uh, kind of like, uh, God, we, we used to say Tales from the Crypt, but we'd Tales say Tales from like, the Crypt meets ga- uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. No, Tales from like, the Crypt meets, uh, oh God, uh, Quantum Leap. Like, uh, Quantum Leap. Or Quantum Leap yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, what it yeah. was. Awesome. Awesome. I God. can't wait. Yeah. So basically there is a, 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 a female who is trapped in the gray rooms and she's actually, um, she, it, it's you that is doing that character, but she is actually inside your mind living and experiencing all the horrible things that you are. So in the next episode, she actually reacts um, from all those things that happen to you. Wow. And so you, you know, and, and we kind of review it. So it's actually interesting. Everybody who like the main character and also the author too, they always kind of have an impact in the beginning of the next episode because it kind of you know, is the depiction of how our main Grey Room's character is um, dealing with having to have experienced that story. That's so, fascinating. Yeah, it's like Groundhog Day, but really <laughs> bad. It's, <laughs> it's a great concept. It's so, yeah. it's so fun to be part of it. Thank you. It was a really screwed up dream I had in college. <laughs> See, it's all about dreams today. Dreams, that's right. <laughs> that's, that's awesome.
Um, real quick, I, I did want to ask you, Jen, you know, before we wrap things up here, do you remember what you wanted to do for the old man character? Because this is totally a time to to be that character if you want. <laughs> no, I don't have it in front of me. Either, so oh, I, I, that's I, okay. I I have a feeling that would really that would really bomb, but um, <laughs> uh, but you know, I I did really I I I just I did have an idea of that the husky husband, you know, <laughs> darling. Um, yeah, he he was. Oh, he went to Hannibal Lecter right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> darling, come out. I I can't remember the lines right now. So I can't really attack it, but um, yeah, I just thought, darling, yeah. Ooh. Okay, sorry, that was disappointing. <laughs> Michael's like, I like that. Just record yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> well, we did. So. Oh, yeah, that's true. It's <laughs> a good point. Now, again, it's an absolute treat. Um, again, if you if if you are listening to this and you have not listened to that story, for one, I need to ask you why. That's <laughs> that, that that's like reading the back of the book. You know, before you start it, it's like, but uh, give it a solid listen. If you have listened, listen again and really pay attention to to uh, Jennifer's voice acting. I, I I mean it wholeheartedly when I say that when I receive the rough version, I, the raw version, so to speak, of the the audio file, um, I was very pleased with the delivery. So it's an absolute treat. The story's great. The the voice, the, the narration is just wonderful. And so this was. So far, one of my favorite ones to work on. I really enjoyed uh, creating. Oh, you are so kind. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run off with and, and go to it right now. So, <laughs> yeah. you, should, really you should get your kids some, to listen to it too. No, yeah. give them nightmares. But some, I, I have to lob this right back at Michael Rigg to say what a great story you wrote. It was really so fun to be involved with and um it it just it was such good writing and and it operated on so many different levels and so many different levels of reality i just thought it was great oh thank you so much i really appreciate it we we can't forget too one of the unsung heroes in every episode uh the the audio the composition musically was by jm scherf so yes um he is phenomenal and uh he he just needs he ne- always needs accolades five stars high fives and credits all around uh jm really takes every story and he just turns it up to 12 you know it and that's what he did in this one i think the soundtrack in this one right now was really i think this one really grabbed the essence of the story and just really expanded the world and made it three-dimensional it just made you there a part of it so uh we gotta always make sure we absolutely it was so perfect and when i was listening to it the first time i closed my eyes and as soon as that first swell of music starts before jennifer even starts speaking i was like oh my god this is going to be amazing and the way he captured the suspense and everything i i absolutely love it love it love it it was beautiful his his music for these episodes and, and this one too especially you know, had the right pitches of sadness, the right pitches of horror, the, you know, the the feeling of dread as you know what's happening to the ship and you hear that musicals, um, just the score change every single time. Mm-hmm. It's so powerful. Yeah, so we always got to make sure we remember J- remember JM, the silent soldier, who's <laughs> fighting a good fight with us. And uh, yeah, so Mike, Mr. Mr. Rig, without the S, thank you ever so much for you. <laughs> 
your story and I look forward to what you do, uh, everything else you're going to do because yeah, you're talented and I greatly appreciate it and I'm excited for the next chapter. And uh, Jennifer, I do hope that we have the opportunity to possibly work with you again in the future. Um, the, your skill level and uh, professionalism and just... Uh, just your attitude, everything, everything, everything. Oh, you're so kind. I'd love to do it again. And thanks for having me on this too. This is really fun to talk with you guys. Yes, ma'am. And hopefully everything gets done fast for you there too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we'll have some bubbly for you on uh, Wednesday. <laughs> oh, please do. Please do. Yes, ma'am. Jason, thanks for being here as always. And Brian, you know, I like you too, man. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> I was actually very impressed. Jason was the first one in the room. And that never happened. So thank you, Jason. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I was sitting here. So, <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thank you so much again for, uh, for doing this, uh, giving us a chance to kind of learn a little bit about you and um, your storytelling and your uh, acting and all those wonderful things, qualities that you have. You guys just made this a wonderful episode. So thank you again. Awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. You guys have a good night. Join us each week after every episode for another edition of Behind the